Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Mark Daniels joins us, voice of UCF on 365 Sports. It's always great to have you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. I know UCF with a dramatic win against Boise State, but the news about Plumlee out for a handful of weeks. Uh, thank you for your time. What is the quarterback room like with him out for whatever time it will be? Well, UCF turns to somebody that's got experience. Timmy McLean, uh, ironically, his last start was on uh, uh, the field of the bounce house at NBC Mortgage Stadium a couple of years ago, where as a freshman for South Florida, he led them down the field on what would have been a game-winning drive and the last play of the ball comes out, fumbles into the end zone, and UCF survived that game. So Timmy's got nine starts. He's played in 11 football games at South Florida, transferred to UCF last year, got a chance to get familiar with the UCF program, understood a little bit about Darren Henshaw, the new offensive coordinator's vision from an offensive standpoint. Darren was asked Sunday night when UCF got back from Boise about how Timmy has picked up on the system. Darren talked about him really getting more comfortable in the months leading up to the season. But now the lights go back on as a starting quarterback for him. I think the good thing is, again, he's got some experience as a starter, and he's got um, a lot of talent around him to help him get reacclimated, I think. And, And, you know, you take no game for granted. UCF's got a Villanova team. It's 2-0, and but a game that, you know, I, I think may be really good for Timmy to get under his belt before the Big 12 season begins. Mark, um, you mentioned that, uh, you know, that they're, you feel like he's good to go uh, in that. Do you think that they have been tested yet, though, to, to know that he's he is going to be able to withstand the Big 12 onslaught the next few weeks? Well, I mean, I don't know if anybody if anybody says he's good to go to handle that. You got to go yeah. play, but um, you know, Timmy was uh, uh, he was forty and five as a high school quarterback. He won a state championship at the highest level. He was a guy that had a number of options. He he, I think, chose South Florida because he felt there was an opportunity to play early, um, and, and and went there. Um, and then comes to a UCF team that's got a number of either a guys he played on the same high school team with, or a number of Orlando area players that are familiar with how successful he was 
as a high school quarterback. Now, again, it's a, it, you know, it's a different situation, but I think Timmy brings a number of things that fit to what UCF wants to do. Um, he can run the football well. John Rice, a little bit different runner than Timmy. Um, he's got a great deep ball, but now you've got to go and, and see how you handle those different situations on the road in hostile environments, different type of defenses and everything. But, you know, I mean, the cliche of next man up, uh, someone's got to play quarterback, and I think UCF feels comfortable with someone that has experience. Dylan Risk is going to be a, 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 the backup. He's a true freshman that UCF felt really good about when he chose to come to the Knights. Another guy that won a state championship last year playing at an excellent school as well. So, you know, with Plumley out, do they adjust the game plan? Probably a little bit just because of the experience of it, but they're not going to change this offense significantly. I think it's a case of, you know, Timmy knows the offense, now let's go execute, and then let's see how he performs. So, Mark, take us into your perspective of watching that unfold uh, last weekend. I mean, what a what a great game as far as just thrilling factor. Knew that going to Boise was going to be tough against a program like that and being on the road. And sure enough, the Knights had their hands full. Uh, the walk off field goal from Colton Boomer. Uh, just what was the uh, what was the atmosphere like, and what was just the kind of anxiety? I like, I guess, uh, you know, like uh, as far as calling that game and, and watching the ups and downs. Well, it's interesting. The, 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 the hype goes back before the season about playing that game. Boise came to Orlando for Gus's first game, and uh, that's the game that we didn't kick off until almost 10 o'clock and didn't finish up until well after one because of a uh, heavy storm. And there was the anticipation, and look, I get it for Boise. They're, they're the program for 25 years of winning a ton of football games and trying to get into one of those bigger leagues. So I don't think it was animosity towards UCF. I just think they saw it as, hey, that's a school that got to where we're trying to go for years. And so there was that angle to the story. And then going to play on the blue turf, and that place is a hard place to play. Only 15 losses dating back to 2000. The atmosphere was great. And from a standpoint, it wasn't a great football game. It just became a tough physical game. And it's one of those games that it develops for UCF that a lot of things are going wrong. You know, you get two passes, one hits the receiver in the chest of the three-yard line, they pick off. Another one, Javon Maker, UCS best receiver in the end zone, never drops the ball. Ball comes off his hands, an easy touchdown, and they've got a guy in, in, in position for interception. UCF goes for it on fourth and one inside the red zone, and somebody misses a block and you stop. So a lot of things are going wrong for you, and yet you're finding a way to hang around because your defense is playing well. They have their starting quarterback go out because of cramps. A, a redshirt freshman comes in after getting sacked on back-to-back plays. He looks like Joe Montana the next drive. As he, he has some success. And then we, we gamble on a blitz, and a kid gets open. He breaks the tackle and scores. But you look up, and you go, okay, so we had the league. Now we lost the lead, and now here we are with less than two minutes to go. And what can you do? I felt good that Colton Boomer, with a realistic range, was going to make the field goal. He hit three before. The question is, can you drive down the field where their crowd is loud? And it was interesting because the old theory of take what the defense gives you. They chose to rush three and drop a bunch in coverage, assuming UCF was going to throw. Well, UCF said, if you're going to give us 10, 12 yards, we'll run the ball. There was enough time to do that. And with the clock stopping under two minutes on first downs, it allowed UCF to not really have to panic. They did convert a big pass play to Kobe Hudson for 12 yards, but for the most part, ran the ball. Unfortunately, one of those run plays had John Rice Plumley get hit, and the question about why no targeting and how he slid you know, led to the injury, uh, but then got in position, and then the 40-yard field goal to win it. Really hard place to play. Respect a lot about what Boise does. It's a good team. They may be 0-2. 
I think they're going to win a lot of football games. But to me, I always said that was the most important game of the year, just because I think it laid a foundation. If you won that 2-0, a chance to get to 3-0 this week before you begin conference playing that tough grind, if you lost that game, then you kind of doubt yourself a little bit. Even though it was a two-point win, I think you're happy with it because the way the game transpired and a lot of things going against you, and you did it on the road at a place where they just don't lose that much. I, I believe that if they're in that position again, then that can only help them. The experience, that doesn't mean it'll, it'll work, but uh, I, I just love the great special. I love special teams. I've always been one that really enjoys that under the gun, the clutch moments, even just in a regular game. So, uh, yeah, just imagine. They're 1-1 one one rather than 2-0. and oh. Uh, they should have no problems this week, but I, I, what a clutch kick. What was your call like? I wish we could have heard it. Yeah, Colton Boomer is a great story. Uh, the only miss on record is the ball that wasn't supposed to be snapped last year and a kick that was 60 yards. Uh, we sent the kicking unit out there really uh, not even supposed to snap it, and, and, and the play clock was going to expire. Somebody snapped it. Colton wasn't even expecting it, and he missed the kick. So, as Gus Malzahn says, on attempts to try to kick it, uh, he's perfect in uh, uh, now two years. But he's a great story. He you know, was a kid that wasn't highly recruited. He went to a kicking camp his junior year and just happened to have someone spot him and said, look, if you want to take this serious, maybe you get a chance to go play college. He walked on at UCF and uh, started kicking last year as a freshman and, you know, has developed into a real uh, talented kicker, great on kickoffs. And, um, you know, when you hit four, including a school tying record 55 yarder, the game winner, you're a big man on campus, even though I think he's about five, eight, five, eight and a half. Have you seen anything this year that makes you um, more confident, less confident than you were starting the year? No, I think, you know, through two games, uh, the sample size for UCF, the Kent State game was a lopsided game. That's, you know, the Boise State game, I think, as we talked, the ability of coming back late. You know, down. I mean, they were 123 and 0 uh, at home when leading after the third quarter, um, and you know to, to come back and win that shows something. I think their line, which to me was going to be a question, their offensive line. Not saying it wasn't going to be good. How's that line going to play with three new starters? Um, I thought they played really well in the football game against Boise. UCF leads the nation in rushing and offense. Some of that's been by the competition, uh, you know, Kent State. But I think that line may end up being pretty good. I think uh, from a defensive standpoint, I knew UCF's defensive front was going to be good. They haven't really been tested yet in the secondary. It doesn't mean that they won't be good. But um, Boise did not have a lot of success going deep. Some of that was you know, by pressure. Some of it was forcing them to go underneath. So I still will be curious when that happens. That may happen at Kansas State uh, next week. So we'll see about that. But I don't think after two games you feel like, wow, they're really struggling in that. And at the same time, I think you need more of a sample size to get an idea about where the strong strengths are. You take Plumley out, you know, you lose that big playability that he can give you. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to help your new quarterback in, in, in areas by, you know, talented wide receivers and, and, and running backs and hopefully a line. I mean, one thing, that, and guys, you know this, your line's going to carry you both offensively and defensively. If UCF's going to win games this year, it's got to be, you know, that they win those battles in the trenches, which I think that's going to be challenging when conference play begins. But, you know, I mean, if they win this week, uh, you know, they'll take a 3-0 mark to a tough place to play next week and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's time, right? They'll get a chance to open up against the defending champions and their home game, the host game, uh, opening Big 12 game at home against Beta, which I know everybody 
uh, is looking forward to. Mark, thank you very much. I know you got a tight schedule. Love what you do. Appreciate your time whenever we can get it, and good luck this week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thank you. it. Appreciate that. Mark Daniels, voice of UCF, the Knights. A 2-0 start. Villanova this week, and then at Kansas State, and then home against Baylor. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.